Yes, fine, fine. Thank you. Uh, Becky from Alabama was supposed to be going to uh, to uh, Hawaii, but she's you you tested positive, was it for the COVID? Yeah, so can't fly there with uh, son Isaac is stationed there with his wife. So in God's good time, Becky. It's funny, whenever I hear the word Hawaii, you know, we had a really wonderful friend. This connects up with the gifts of the spirit that we're <laughs> talking about. A unique man, his, his name was Dave Weatherly. He passed on to be with the Lord maybe 2001-ish, or maybe it was 2000. And... Um, he was with us in the very early days and um, <laughs> he was, he come, he sometimes would come down to us and uh, speak in the church. And he was a man that made you feel like a king. Mm. So if you had five minutes with Dave Weatherly, um, such was the conversation, such was the sharing that he made you feel like a king, as though you were worth something. Um, wonderful brother. Um, and uh, he, he was transparent as a man. And whenever I read about Barnabas in the New Testament, I think of Dave, because it, you know, it says about Barnabas that he was the son of consolation. You know, they gave him that name um, because his original name was not Barnabas, but they called him son of consolation. And Dave was like that, Dave Weatherly. And as I say, transparent man. And he sometimes went to this country and that. I'm sure he was in Canada in years gone by and in the USA, he visited a man who dressed in clothes that all came out of the thrift stores, as they call them in the States, and uh, a precious man. And I can always remember that um, he was visiting the United States, and I think he was staying with a man named Sandy Robertson and his wife. They were then in Canada. And... Uh, <laughs> So Sandy said to him, Sandy, you told me the story that, um, well, Dave, you've got three weeks uh, around in North America. Where are you going? Have you got anything planned? And Dave said, well, not really. I, I, I've just got to go to a place called Haywai for a wedding. Um, and uh, is that all right? It's on such and such a date. I just want to drive there or go there to Haywai. And uh, so Sandy and his wife were saying, well, Haywai, Haywai. Do you know what state it's in? Uh, Haywai. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> and this was Dave. <laughs> and finally, well, write it out then. Oh, you mean Hawaii. Now you've got to fly halfway across the world to get there. <laughs> but this was so typically Dave. Um, you know, sometimes he would come down to us and sometimes we were 
he would I would say well you preach on Sunday he came to us I think in Australia as well mm. and uh, stayed with us and we'd have some meetings and Dave would speak for 10 or 15 minutes and then he would completely dry up he said that's it finished I, I've got nothing else Bernard carry on will you uh, you know where I'm going now get on with it and uh, it was such a delight and he would he would prophesy and uh, the the spirit of God the preciousness of Jesus would come through in both his preaching and when he did manage to preach uh, and his prophesying and his conversation and he was an embodiment of a member of the body of Christ. He was a carpenter by trade, by the way. Um, a, a simple, straightforward, transparent son of consolation. Uh, a man with no pretensions, nothing at all. But he was one of those members of the body of Christ. And as you know, we're talking about the gifts of the spirit um we've arrived you know in these chapters <clears throat> and i want to look at them again and i want to look at these chapters again uh just to try and how shall i put this look at it through another lens <clears throat> um and the lens i want to look at it through of course, if you go into the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians, you know how that Paul is talking about uh, Christ. Um, so if you put your eye down and he's talking about uh, verse 12 of chapter 12, as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. And everything that Paul is writing about there, you remember the Corinthian church has uh, restricted everything down to just one main gift to them, which to them was tongues speaking. And, you know, Paul is wanting to, to emphasize diversity, diversity. And yet he's also wanting to uh, press home unity, unity, unity. We are one body, and that one body is Christ. One body, but many members. It's diverse, Corinthians. It's, it's a diverse, the, the gifts are many. And this is why you must not just think in terms of these, the nine that Paul particularly mentions in those verses going down. You know where it begins in verse uh, eight and goes down uh, to the gift of tongues in verse 10. Don't restrict it to that because he's going to talk about gifts in another list down toward the end of the chapter uh, where he's talking about the various, you know, what is it he says? There's uh, 
God has appointed in the church uh, of, of first apostles. And it goes on, there's another list. And then if you were to go into Romans chapter 12, you would find another list. And then if you would look in the first letter of Peter, you would find Peter mentions several things there, um, which is not identical. You've got to add it all together and and go beyond. But the burden of Paul, of course, is understand whose body you are, that you are the body of Christ, 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 Christ. And if you look in chapter 12, just put your eye down in verse 12, you've got Christ. And then <clears throat> if you look down in verse 27, you've got Christ, the body of Christ. Not the body of God, but the body of Christ. Christ. And then you have here that uh, it says that about God's place. Verse 18. That's the father, isn't it? Verse 18. God has set the members. So he's referring to the, the headship. You remember that God is the head of Christ. We saw that in chapter 11. The Christ doesn't set the members. It's God, the father, who sets the members, each one of them, in the body just as it pleased him just as it pleased him and then you go on down and you find the same kind of thought verse 28 this time uh, you are the body of christ and members individually and god verse 28 has appointed these in the church first apostles and can you all notice that there's no mention of offices of elders uh, or bishops they're not they're not mentioned god has appointed these in the church and he mentions apostles and prophets and so the list goes on which includes helps and administrations and varieties of tongues you see everything is talking to us about diversity and yet unity it's talking about god appointing god setting in the church and that it's the body of Christ. And then, of course, you notice it says, and so here we are in verse 4 of chapter 12. Yeah, diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. And he's going to be talking about spirit. Verse 7, manifestation of spirit. And then uh, it, it says to one is given the word of knowledge or word of wisdom through the spirit and everything through the spirit, through the spirit, through the spirit. So you have the wonderful 
uh, operation, working of God the Father through God the Son, by God the Spirit, through the body of Christ. And uh, without pressing this too, too much, let me say it again. You have the wonderful uh, setting forth of God the Father working through God the Son in Christ's new body here on earth by God the Spirit. Am I uh, someone, so looking in the, the verse that we did consider a little bit, verse 13, by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. And whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we could say male or female, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. You know, uh, am I part of the body? Am I baptized in the body? And if I'm going to function as a useful member of the body, then, of course, I must be drinking of the one spirit. Uh, you know, it's all well to have union, but any ministry that you give that is simply out of the fact that you came into union with Christ many years ago, it's going to be dry as a stick unless, of course, you're in communion. Communion in the spirit, what the Bible, using the other word, fellowship of the spirit. The, you know, the famous Trinitarian blessing at the end of 2 Corinthians, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, that's the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit with you all. And that's got to be our experience. So I must be a man that just didn't come into union, baptized in one spirit, which happened to me as actually almost exactly 55 years ago in my early 20s, because I happened to know the date um, when it happened to me. It was in March of 1966. And, uh, but it's quite insufficient for me to rejoice simply in that. I need the renewing of communion, fellowship of the Spirit, so that I can drink into the love of God and enjoy the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's same for all of you. And if the body of Christ, if the body of Christ is, and the members of it are not enjoying and nurturing Communion, fellowship, fellowship, fellowship. And often we, you know, we're, when you're in fellowship, you don't actually worry much about gifts and ministries and service. It comes naturally. 
And that's the truth of it. But what's, what's it all for? Now, looking at these things, and this is what I want to do now, I want you to think. Very large picture now. So, you know how the glorious kingdom of God was the sole province of the Trinity, the realm in which the Trinity eternally have dwelt together three but one, is the kingdom, it is the realm, it is the realm of God, where God lives. And if God lives there, in that, have you thought about this, uh, that, um, you know, in that realm, of course, Father is head, and his son is the delight of his heart. And the spirit is the spirit of that love that God is. God is good. And we have this trite saying, you know, God is good. And, you know, and all the time God is good. You've heard that and so on. Of course God is good. He can't be anything other than good. God actually can't be anything other than love because love is not something that God does. It's what God is. His goodness is not uh, something he does good things and ill things, bad things. Everything he does is according to his nature and being. That's one of the reasons why, you know, it's, it's not quite right to say nothing is impossible with God. Um, It's not quite right to say that. We know what we mean, but there are things that are impossible to God because God could only act according to his nature. And it is impossible for God to lie. It is impossible for God to, in any way, lose his temper. Um you know, to fly off the handle. Um, It is impossible for God, for instance, to accept sin. Quite impossible. He must move against sin because he must act according to his nature and his nature is pure. His nature is the nature of blamelessness, of spotlessness, of gloriousness. In him is no darkness at all. And so he must move against any kingdom, any realm, anything that rises up against him, that is contrary to him. He, one of the Blessed desires of God's heart is that we should live in his kingdom so that when you pray that prayer, pray like this, Jesus said when they asked him, you know, how should we pray? Teach us to pray and pray like this. Our 
Father, you know who art in heaven, you know, hallowed, holy, holy, holy God. <clears throat> God is holy unto the angels. They hallow him. I was talking a little bit this morning about Moses and he forfeited entry into the promised land in his lifetime because he did not hallow God. He, he lost his temper. He was fed up with the the argumentative, complaining, spirited uh, Israelites, and he smote the rock twice. And uh, instead of just speaking to it, and you know, our Father, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Now that's what we're involved in. That's what the body of Christ came to do in his incarnation. Christ came to bring the kingdom in. To save. To, to drive the enemies out. To deal Hallelujah, with every enemy, to heal, to bring deliverance, to discern spirits where they lurked, to speak truth from God the Father's heart, to bring the kingdom in to Israel, the geographical place. And the awful discovery, of course, that Jesus made is they did not want the kingdom of God. They did not even want the kingdom of heaven. Now, I'll just throw this out to you. The angels dwell in the kingdom of the heavens, in the kingdom of heaven. They do not dwell in the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is the dwelling place. The realm of God is the dwelling place of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And into that kingdom, you and I have been brought. We've been brought into that kingdom. And uh, it's a heavenly kingdom, yes, but it's more than that. It's, it's a sharing of the nature of God. We have to learn it. Where we have been brought, sons of God are members of the kingdom of God. I've told the story before of George Campbell Morgan, I think it was, standing by the gates of Buckingham Palace, uh, in in those days, um, I can't remember which one was king at the time. And uh, he's standing there. You remember those men with the great big uh, black hats and the red uniforms standing there with their guns at the gate. 
And uh, as he was watching, someone tried to go in. And suddenly these men, these soldiers with their guns, prevented the person from going in and through the gates. Don't belong. You don't belong in there in the king's house. You don't belong. And uh, so he was prevented from entering. And Campbell Morgan was fascinated because uh, 15 minutes later or wherever, whenever it was, he was watching and a man uh, just walked right through the gate. The soldiers didn't stop him. And uh, he, the soldiers didn't stop him. And he went to one of these soldiers, actually, and said to him, apparently you're not really supposed to answer, why, why did you let him in? Did you not recognize the king's son? Did you not recognize the king's son? You see, it, it's all to do with kingdom. Now, keep this in your mind. Because you know another kingdom came into being, another realm within the realm. This realm that the serpent, the Satan, dragon, the old serpent, the devil, and the fallen angel, Lucifer, another kingdom, another mind, another nature, another spirit. And he infected other angelic beings. And in time, he, he, he infected the dis, with the disease of sin, the sin that caused disease. First of all, that disease was brought about in heaven. Disease came into heavenly places. The kingdom of heaven became defiled with this dis-ease because sin had entered in. And then, as you know, through the king of the earth opened up the door, king of the earth named Adam, the one whom God had made king on the earth, king of all creation on the earth, opened up the door. Yes, his wife was involved. And so... Lo and behold, another kingdom here in what we know as the creation. All around, an immediate dis-ease. Everything became disoriented, disconnected, divorced, suspicion. And now, now, just think of the the fallen states, and into this our Lord Jesus came in due time, in the fullness of time, as the king's son tested pride and uh, attacked and in all things overcame. And went to Calvary, as we know, and we say these words so easily. I say them so easily. But, you know, he came and he moved among men. And he had words of wisdom and words of knowledge because he was true man. Amen. And he moved in gifts of healing and he moved in power against devils. 
And he brought deliverance and he was bringing the kingdom to Israel. We have to think like this. You must think like it. You must understand because you know how dear Adam, he was supposed to be, you know, the son of God who reigned on the earth and brought harmony and Edenized the whole earth. And from this, he failed to be a manifestation of the kingdom of God and failed. All was known unto God. Of course it was. With God, no plan B because plan A failed. He knew what he was doing. And you may not have thought in these sort of terms before, but when Adam was in his unfallen state in the garden, do you think that he prophetically declared the name of the animals before he sinned? Do you do you think that he walked in health? That the do you think that he had the power to have resisted the devil when the serpent spoke? Do you do you think that you see you say Bernard? What are you saying? Uh, I, I am saying that what we call gifts of the spirit are granted to us, to the church, by the Father, through the Son, and that they are quite normal to man as God intends man to be. They're not abnormal. They are not strange. They are powers through which the kingdom can come. Say, what are they for? What are they for? They are means by which the kingdom can come. So I go into chapter 15 of 1, King, uh, 1 Corinthians and I, I look at this and uh, it says here that, uh, you know, <clears throat> Hazel's just crawling out of the way so you can't see her. <laughs> she, she can't hear um it's, it says here funny to think of your wife crawling on the floor because she doesn't want you to see her but anyway um it's it, he's talking about the resurrection <laughs> paul is talking about the resurrection and he he says this now this is the 20th verse christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order. Christ the first fruits, afterward 
those who are Christ's at his coming. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom of God to the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and all power, verse 25, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. Aren't they incredible words? In you and me and the church, the church is to be, its calling is to be a place where his kingdom is. And where at least in the church, in at least there, he's putting enemies under his feet. Hallelujah. So why am I talking to you tonight? For the good of my health, as they would say in Ireland, what do you think I'm doing here? Do you think I'm standing here for the good of my health? Uh, they would say, uh, um, you know, what am I doing? What am I doing? Well, I hope I'm in fellowship with our Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit. I hope that it's truth that is coming forth. What's it for? To bring the kingdom in. To chase the lurking things out of our minds to in the chapter 14 word and the chapter 13 word and the chapter 12 word to build you up edify to build you up to do despite to the enemy to bring healing and salvation to your heart and mind I and you are the body of Christ. What are you here on earth for? Just so that you can become beautiful and lovely people. No, we are here. That our lives should display the kingdom. And that under that wonderful appointment of God and that wonderful operation of the spirit, that we increasingly grow in, that the life of Christ, the Son, the King, is established in me, in my wife, in my family, in, in the church where I am, in other people's lives. Are you getting the picture? That's what the gifts of the Spirit are for. They are just modes of operation. They are not for self-display. They are not to do with one being elevated above another. God appoints. God gives the gifts as it pleases him. It is for us learning those things with humble hearts, what roles we have to naturally give ourselves in love. That's why you've got the love chapter in chapter 13. 
You know, because the kingdom of God is the kingdom of love. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of faith. Kingdom of God is the kingdom of hope. That's why Paul says, these three abide. This is the dwelling place of God. He calls you in hope. He set his love upon you in hope. He sends the word into your hearts to nurture faith in all of us. And if you begin to see this big picture, so Jesus, he works, doesn't he, in his body. And uh, he, he discerns the spirit of, of some of the Pharisees. He discerns that this spirit there and that spirit there he discerns when uh, someone is in need. You know, he hears the cry of the blind man. You know, and the crowds are trying to silence the blind man. But Jesus hears. This man is ready. This man is ripe for healing. This man is ripe for a work of the devil namely his blindness, to be dealt with. Amen. You see, here's Jesus in wonderful fellowship with his Father by the Spirit, and there's no clutter in Jesus' heart that is in any way impeding Jesus. Knows that he's come to do the works of his Father. My Father worketh hitherto, and I work. Now let's get this straight in our hearts and our minds. God is on the warpath. He is in the business. And uh, through his son, by the spirit, in the son's new body, which is church. Well, we're not primarily here. You just think to, to <clears throat> remove the the meaningless love songs and unclean songs of the world and replace them with the songs of the redeemed. You just think of this. Everything is unto edifying. You see, <clears throat> he is putting down. He must reign till he puts all enemies under his feet. God is against every enemy that remains in your life, in my life. The ministry of the Spirit is dead set to remove fears, to deal with things that have hampered you to cleanse you, to bring you into a, a condition of holiness. God is on the fight. And when I think of this, of course, obviously, I turn to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, where Paul understanding this, he says, um, 2, 2 Corinthians 
chapter 10, uh, verse 3, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exhorts itself against the knowledge of God. Now, this is this is why we are to have meetings and gatherings of God's people where the body meets together. And prophecies come, those spontaneous words from a heart that's in fellowship with God. Teachings come that have been forethought in a measure. Prayers come where help flows one to the other, where because we Every member of the body is learning to live in the kingdom of God, in love. Everything becomes just a concrete way in which the love is displayed toward the other. And see the kingdom come. See the kingdom come. Oh, thy will, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Of course, none of that could possibly happen in you and me if you're not hallowing his name. You see, our Father, which art in heaven, first thing, hallowed be your name. Holy to me, holy to me, holy to the church. Holy. You know, if I was to really nail some of these things, you know, it's devastating because you know that in mission work, so many missionaries, holy is the mission. I've seen it. Holy is the music. Holy is my ministry. You know, hallowed, holy be your name in the church. This is the only condition in which gifts and ministries, apostles and prophets can safely move and bring blessing. It's it's an amazing thing. Not even the first thing, holy be the church, hallowed be the church, our church. You know, am I making sense as I say these things? Are you understanding what I'm saying? It's inadvertent. It it happens to us. It creeps up on us where other things are holy. But holy be your name, Father. Then your kingdom come. Your will be done. Let your kingdom come. O Lord. 
Let your kingdom come in our family. Let your kingdom come in our children. Your kingdom, it's not, an, uh, it's not enough to get them to say the sinner's prayer. We've got to understand that God has a burning desire. He's a consuming fire to bring us into his own life. That's what it's all about. That's why when I slip back into 1 Corinthians and I, I go back into the 15th chapter, Paul, you know, he's, he's talking all about Christ, isn't he? Uh, I declare to you the gospel, verse 1, which I preached to you, which you also received and you know, that it, I delivered it to you, verse 3, that Christ died, that he, rose, he was buried, he rose again. I mean, I just think of this supreme battle that our Lord Jesus fought where he, he took the sin man to death and buried him. You know, that, that sin man, that, that man that was under the power of Satan, you know, it's, these are wonderful things for us. They're wonderful things. He says that we're buried, you know, buried. You see, this is why there was a precious young man who was in touch with me yesterday, profoundly concerned, of course, about the will of God. Um, what, how does the Lord want to use me? I want to say this quite clearly to you. I have never once had a moment's anxiety about being used by God. Never even crossed my mind. Never really thought about, well, what ministry do you want me to have, Lord? Never thought about it. Never concerned me. Because I think I've realized, at least in part, from earliest days, it is what we are. I am the least of the apostles, says Paul in verse 9 of chapter 15, who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And uh, Paul was a lover. Paul was a servant. Paul was a man who gave himself to stripes. Paul suffered. Paul did not grumble. Paul did not complain. Paul served. Paul pleaded. Paul was meek and quiet of heart. Paul gave himself, even though he was rejected. Same kingdom. Because he's part of the body of Christ. Same. And it says here, Paul says, I am what I am. What are you, Legion? What is your name? 
dwelling in the tombs, with great strength to break your bondages, that is the physical ones. What are you? You What is your name? My name is Legion. I'm full of devils. And when the what of what a man is meets the what of the I am of Jesus, it's the clash of the kingdoms. You remember, you know, Jesus could have healed and brought peace to everyone in Israel when he was on the earth. Physical, keeping the covenant that had been promised to them, none of these diseases, but it says in that in Nazareth, there he could do no mighty work because of their unbelief. Jesus was on the earth to give them, but did he not say this, the kingdoms at hand? Reach out and touch it. Reach out and touch it. And here we have Paul saying, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. I let him have his way with me. I let him be king. I didn't fight him. Once I was down in the dust and the light beyond the brightness of the sun shone in me. That was it. That was it. I, the grace of God toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Tremendous testimony there. He said, I labored more than all the rest of them, but it wasn't me. I just let the grace of God have his way. I wasn't saying, well, I want this gift, or I want that gift, or I want the other, or I want to be a preacher. I want to be, I want to be. I want to be. The grace of God moved him. The grace of God moved him. The grace of God moved him to serve, to love, to care, to give himself to others. This is church. This is the kingdom. God so loved the world that he gave. This is how God loved. He loved so. He loved so. This is this is how he, he loved. He gave his only begotten son. Isn't that these things wonderful to to think about? Isn't it wonderful to put these gifts and doesn't it make you want to be at the Lord's disposal? Doesn't it mean that it liberates you? Oh, don't want tongues. Oh, tongues are terrible, you know. Oh, I don't want to to have the Lord press into my heart and cause to rise up in me uh, a desire. I, I wrote a letter to someone yesterday, a very firm, clear letter. I don't think the person will remotely like it. 
But I just was moved toward him because I know he'll do it all over again. He'll make a mess again. And he's in his late 30s and he should be becoming a man. But he's an overgrown schoolboy who wants just to spend time with his mates, with his buddies and go down the gym. And he won't submit under the yoke of true sons. That's the bottom line. Nakedly spoken. You see our Lord Jesus. He, he was under the yoke. He bore the yoke in his youth. You know, don't you love the scripture? You know, don't you love the contextual ways that scripture writes? You know, there's, there's these words. If you just think of these, I think you all know these so well. Um, there's a weeping man. There's a weeping man. Oh, my eyes flow with uh, with tears. They don't cease, you know. I'm, I'm quoting Jeremiah. And, of course, you, you will know through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed <clears throat> because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Ah, oh, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. Great words, aren't they? The Lord's like this. Great is thy faithfulness. Ah, oh. then it says, the Lord is good to those who wait for him. Do you know, the churches have been full of people who won't wait for him. Wait for him. Live in his kingdom. Let the grace of God carry them. Go through the distance. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul that seeks him, not ministries. It is good that one should hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. No one will become a son of God who doesn't bear the yoke in his youth. No one will discover the great faithfulness of God so that it throbs in his being unless he quietly waits for the Lord and goes about things as a true son should. This is the genius of Jesus. This is what you've got gospels for, especially the gospel of John. And in that gospel, he sits quietly in his weariness on the, on the, on the well's mouth, you remember. And a woman comes to him and he, he knows her. He knows her. Love knows, you see. He's a true son. He's going to bring the kingdom in there. 
That's why he discerned her state and knew her, even down to some particulars. I wonder if some of us have ever known such operations of the spirit, because sometimes he gives them. He gives such specific things, but only as demonstrations of love, because he wants to bring the kingdom into that life, the kingdom in. Am I making sense? That's the question. How are we seeing? So should I hold back? Should I say to the Lord, no? Should I not let God distribute as it pleases him? Should I not live in the fellowship of the spirit so that I am uh, like a knife that is well sharp? You know, I've been doing these chairs, little hobby thing that I do, you know, cane weave work. And, you know, it's quite laborious. And that one of the operations I do at certain times is using a chisel to fashion uh, certain little pieces of dowel. And... Uh, you know, I have to get that uh, sharpening block out periodically and I have to hone that chisel because it loses its edge. And, you know, if you and I are not in that open state with an open face with the Lord, we're, we're sure to lose our edge. You know, the gifts and so on. You, you can see that apostles, prophets, you know, pastors, you know, teachers, all these things, they're just means to bring a great edification among those who are coming into the church. To bring the kingdom in, to drive out. Oh, one of the signs of the lack of, of power in the churches at the moment is the absence of the deliverance ministry. That may shock some of you. But you understand that when the Lord Jesus ascended up on high and the Spirit was sent on the day of Pentecost, it immediately brought the kingdom working through the apostles, through Stephen, through the church in love. They went out, they loved one another, they were different. And the kingdom was coming. Now you say to me, but the kingdom will never fully come. Uh, indeed, not here, not in this time, not in this time, not in the days of our flesh, not when we're here upon earth. There will be things that lie in the mystery of God that, uh, that just resist, but there will be those who, through unbelief, they will reject. Definitely. It will always be. But it need not be 
in your assembly. It need not be. You can begin to perceive that God is bringing his kingdom in to your mind, bringing every thought into captivity. And you know, this is why we need the ministry of the prophetic and apostolic. It challenges the lair of the devil that is lodged in minds. That's why gifts. And so you get in chapter 12, don't you, the mention of the prophetic ministry and Paul in chapter 14 encourages and he, he, he talks things, doesn't he, like this. Uh, he says, I, I, I want to give a certain sound, verse 7, clear note, like a trumpet, like a trumpet. You know what a mute is that prevents the, the clear note. I sometimes get the feeling that some of us are afraid to, to sound the clear note. But love, you see, the grace of God working in me will bring me into the kingdom of love. And for love's sake, there are times to shout the clear note, to shout it, clear note, like a trumpet. Verse 8, if, chapter 14, if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself for the battle? We're in the fight, brothers and sisters. I think of Romania, uh, Joe and her husband in Romania. I think of the... I think of that man, I mentioned him this morning, Richard Wormbrand. I encourage you to see the movie of his life. I think it's called Tortured for Christ, where that man discerned the muted, compromising note that was coming out of the mouth of his fellow ministers when the communist government said, you can exist, you can still be churches, you can still have your meetings, but you must submit to us. And Richard Wormbrandt, was he a 28-year-old Lutheran pastor? He stood up and in the face of all his so-called brethren, he said, we cannot do that. And it wasn't long before he was in prison. You see, the certain sound was ringing in his heart. He knew that uh, it was the clash of the kingdoms that was taking place in that room where the subtle kings under the devil in government were seducing again the people of God and Wormbrandt discerned and he ended up in prison, as you know, for many years. Hallelujah. You know, uh, we're, we're prepare yourself for battle. Prepare yourself for battle. Verse 9, so likewise you, unless you utter by the tongue words easy to understand, how will it be known what is spoken? Just don't, this is relevant to the Corinthians, isn't it? 
don't just go on and on in tongues speaking. You know, you've got to utter words that are easy to understand. And then he, he, he says this, doesn't he? He talks about if someone comes in and they hear uh, the word of prophecy that's coming, bless the Lord. He said there, they're going to say, they're going to say God's in you of a truth. Can you see that? Verse 25, if someone comes in, uninformed verse 24 he's convicted by all and thus the secrets of his heart are revealed and so falling on down on his face he will worship god and report that god is truly among you oh wonderful church should be a place of liberty where hearts are pouring out you know you know where love is gushing and that i really enjoyed it uh the other week at the uh little chapel in lustly you know when when i saw all those people coming in at the beginning of the meeting graham was there and i hadn't seen him for months and it so delighted me to seeing and, and it delighted me to see the the farming family, Daniel and the family all coming in and, and uh, you know, all of them all coming in and there's something, there's a river running. There's love being demonstrated. There's the kingdom coming. And we weren't even talking about Christian things. We were loving one another. We were expressing Delight at one another's presence and face. Oh, let's get into the fight. <laughs> let's understand, you know, that who we are. Oh, brethren, do not be children in understanding. However, in malice be babes, but in understanding be mature. Verse 20. Come on. <laughs> let's let's do some maturing shall we let's edify one another let's phone them up let's care for them let's let this love of god flow in us let it batter down you know our own reserves and shynesses and so on this isn't a, a show thing this isn't uh, the voice with Tom Jones. This isn't strictly come dancing. This isn't something where we are displaying our skills and our talents. This isn't. This is the place where the glory of God is to be seen through the body, where you and I as his hands and his tongue and his mouth and his legs, we carry the kingdom with us. <laughs> Good picture? Oh, man, it's not just a picture. This is the truth. Ah, what was his name? That general, General Booth. The East End of London, the slums in the 1870s and 80s. Do you know he had a, door, he had a number of daughters and sons? His wife was named Catherine. 
But he taught them well and the Lord got hold of them. And one of his daughters was known as the Marshal, the Marachal. She went to France. The general sent her and a small team with her. And they went into all the dives of Paris. And I think she was there something like uh, no more than 15 years. Couldn't obviously learn French. And they, they did battle. Blood and fire. The banner. Blood and fire. And if I've got the figure right, it's either 228 or 328 churches was what she left behind in France cynical France of all places hallelujah either 328 or 228 ah a little 24 year old girl going in with some other fellows to dives in Paris filthy places what carried them there the love of God the realization that they were seeking to bring the kingdom in. They were the salvation army. Amen. Amen. It's great, isn't it? I'm a I'm a member of the salvation army. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not literally, you know, I, I wasn't born under the flag or that sort of thing. But nevertheless. This is who we are. This is who we are. And you see, when you begin to see all these gifts in this light, I mean, I'm just not looking at the time. I should draw to an end in a minute for now. I want to return to the whole subject again uh, another week at least. I want to talk about how... You know, ladies, you know, this is not a door closed to you. You know, you understand that there is no way that 1 Corinthians 14 and those verses that are found there about ladies keeping silence, there's no way in which they can possibly contradict what Paul had already written in chapter 11, where he categorically says about praying and prophesying, the open mouth for all, for ladies included. The open mouth, the open mouth for ladies. Because of course, of course, let all be done unto edifying. Let it all be. I hope I've helped a bit by talking to you this way. We need these gifts. I need it. This week I've had several people come to see me. You see, and seeking help. It's not enough for me to go by something I read in a book. Yes, I have a degree of a reservoir of experience. 
I can draw on that, but it's not enough. This is a unique person sitting in front of me. A person that is unique in God's sight. And it's in God's sight that he sits. And I'm a little member of the body of Christ. And through me, God wants to share his love and challenge that person. Maybe there are things that the Lord uh, draws out of that person in the atmosphere of love. And there is discernment that comes to me from God. And you're able to specifically go to something. And what's it all about? That the kingdom should come in that person. That the kingdom. Not where the devil has lingered in the brain with wrong thinking and chased out. Chased out. It's great, isn't it? It's great. Well, I'm going to stop there, lest I go on a lot more. And uh, <clears throat> it's, my wife says the time's gone quick. But uh, hallelujah, hallelujah. <sighs> Great, bless you. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Bernard. Uh, for opening these things up to us and encouraging our hearts. It's uh, wonderful, wonderful things and uh, challenging as well, but the, the call to the battle. Let us, I liked it when you went, come on, <laughs> let us edify one another. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And uh, let the love of God batter down our reserves and our shynesses and mm. that the glory of God might be seen in us. Mm. Amen. So uh, let's uh, have an opportunity to respond together, maybe a few just to lead us in prayer. Uh, that would be good. Don't forget, just unmute yourself and we'll just have a, a time to pray together and uh, to respond to the Lord. Mm. So just feel free, feel at ease. Yes, Oh, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Oh, you're so multifaceted, Lord, when you were on earth. Oh, Lord, diversity was in you, and yet unity. We wonder at you, Lord, loving, working the works of the Father. And none of us are like you, none of us are you. We're members of your body, though, same spirits in us. Same mind is being formed in us. Same heart, same love. 
same desire to serve, to give ourselves. Oh, Lord, help us to be entirely natural in the spirit. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Lord, in earth, this bit of earth, as it is in heaven. Oh, Father. Mm. Father, we call on you. Mm. Oh, Lord, let the diversity come. Let the, let the releasing come in all our hearts, even as we're on this Zoom scattered around the world. We can't touch one another physically, Lord, with hands. Lord, but, oh, let your kingdom come here. Let your truth drive out. Drive out the lies, the lairs, the shynesses, the reserves, the, the holding back. Lord, let your love upspring in all our hearts. Let us become those who are not concerned at all mm. about whether we're this or whether we're that or whether we've got this gift or whether we've got the other. Oh, help us, Lord, we pray to be entirely natural to be spiritually natural, Lord, to love, to flow, to care, to give. Unstop the wells, Lord, I pray tonight. Mm. In, in at least one of us, where we are, unstop the well. Unstop the well. You know, my brother, my sister, where you are, you must stay to the Lord. If you know he's speaking to you, yes, Lord, amen. I, I give myself that the well that has got filled up with garbage, I unstop it, Lord. I unstop it. You know, you say that to the Lord. Be, be ready even now. Hallelujah. I don't know what it means in detail. But we're not to worry about that, you see. Mm. By the grace of God, mm. by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace was not in vain in me. Imagine that, the grace of God being in vain in some people. Mm. Oh, let it not be in you. Let the grace, there's, there's grace, grace gifts. That's what charisma are charismatic gifts of grace, gifts by which the grace of God can flow out. Oh, Lord, mm. hospitality helps. Mm. Tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, preaching, sharing, teaching, some miracles, some healing some discerning of spirits, a recognition of all. Let it come, Lord. Let it come. Amen. Lord, we pray. Amen. Mm.
Mm. Hold on, hold back, brothers and sisters. Mm. In where you are, say, oh, God. Lord of God. Mm. Mm.